welcome to the Wired Biohealth Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hall, and I am joined by your show's host, Dr. Evelyn Higgins. Hey, Jackie. Great to be with you again, Doc. Likewise. So I know we're well into the new year now, um, but what are some of the things that you've been noticing about really what's different about 2024 versus previous years? Start out with a hard question. You don't even tee it up for me. <laughs> wow. Tough audience already. No, seriously. Um, to me, what I see is we're still with that pandemic behavior and that post-pandemic behavior as far as people's general unkindness to other people. And I thought, I, I hoped my optimistic self would have thought that we could have been further along than that. That's kind of what I still see of where we're at and the what's it going to change, you know, and then don't want to get into everything else that's going on at the same time that's polarizing people. Yeah. Um, but really, I thought we would be further along mm -hmm. in our human connection becoming better than it was last year. Yeah, I think that's a great point because adults are still struggling mm -hmm. and the, the natural order is that kids really look to adults sure. for guidance. Where do I go? How do I navigate this? And I think that kids are really, you know, not just children, but youth, even young adults are saying the people that I turned to before with the answers are saying, hands up. I don't know. Uh, right, right. And, and whether, you know, parents or the elders of the community want to admit it or not, they are the role models and kids won't admit. I look up to you because, you know, at a certain age, you're too cool to do that. But it really is. And if the the um, elders of the community or the elders of the family aren't really quite sure, where does it leave the kids? Yeah. And I think that's why I'm so excited that we have on the guests that we do today because yes. Jeffrey Johnston, he's got his finger on the pulse of Gen Z. So just a little bit about Jeff. He is the CEO of the startup Brighton. He's also an author, founder of the Living Undeterred Project, and host of the Living Undeterred Podcast. So without further ado, Jeff, welcome. Hey, it's great to see you guys again. It just seems like a couple months ago, I was oh. down there and we were doing a collaborative effort and had a great community event down there, met some met some new advocates. Um, so it's, it's great to be here and have this conversation and um, you know, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think really... As I said in the intro, having your finger on the pulse of Gen Z, you were the first person that mentioned to me that I think it was in 2023, Gen Z was the first generation to prioritize mental health right. in their New Year's resolutions. And that that caught me by surprise. That's not what I think of when I'm a millennial, when I think of that younger generation. I'm not thinking they're in this existential, what can I do for this intrinsic self-improvement? And that's that's what they're thinking. Yeah, I'm 57, so I think I'm right on the cusp of uh, the boomers, the last of the boomers. But yeah, we never had these conversations in high school. I mean, we did right. we did the same things kids do today. I mean, we drank and we got a little bit in trouble, and but nobody ever died, and right. um, and we just seemed like things took care of themselves. Like the universe had a way of just leveling things out. Now today, things are coming at kids so fast. At least that's the perception and with the cell phones and social media and all that comes with that. And it seems like it is more normalized. I mean, we have conversations now, uh, the Forbes article you're referring to had Gen Z as the first generation in human history to have mental health as their number one New Year's resolution. So that, that bodes quite well for what we're doing as advocates 
because, you know, it's hard for us to build systems and processes and present it to an audience that isn't attentive. And we know now that they are, they're telling, they're waving the white flag. They're telling us, Hey, you know what, mom and dad and coaches and, and uh, neighbors, um, we need help. And we know that we have these issues. And so the, I guess the, you know, we kind of created these problems too. You know, the kids today, they didn't invent TikTok. They didn't invent antidepressants. They didn't in invent social media um, and labels and diagnosis and all that goes with it. We did. And so I do think we have a sense of, it's easy for us to point fingers, um, Dr. Higgins and Jacqueline to say, you know, you guys are a mess. You guys are a train wreck. You guys need to get off social media. And it's just you, you, you. And the reality is, we. we should be pointing the finger at us because yeah. we, we started all this and then, and now it's our obligation not to fix it because I don't think there's anything to be fixed. And that's one thing I've really shifted my philosophy on this is, is I think kids are fine where they're, where they are. And they need to believe that is that sometimes they need guardrails. Sometimes they just get a little bit off course, but for us to come in and talk condescending to them and say, oh, you're messed up and we need to fix your problem. And it didn't work when our parents told us that, right? Right, so no. why do we think that we're going to do the same thing with our kids? Right. And and you're right, Jeff. And earlier you said, you know, we did the same things. You yeah. Know, I'm a boomer. And we, did, you know, I talked to my friends. I'm like, man, we did some stupid stuff. Yeah. Like, you know? And we survived <laughs> we're amazingly. All still here. Right. But today that that price is so yeah. much greater, you know, it's so much greater. And you're right. Like, it, it's not, oh, you, this whole generation has to be fixed. That's not it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's we have to understand and then also understand the we. I say that all the time. I'm like, what we're looking at, and I said in society, and when I say society created this, we are society. Yeah. We thought all of these things along the way were okay to introduce to kids at such a young age and think that they would have the mental and emotional capacity to run with it. I I'll say that when I first got thrust into this uh, mental health or mental wellness space, uh, after our son died from fentanyl, and then my wife from alcohol, essentially grief, um, that I kind of came into this as I first an angry fentanyl dad. I thought I would go to high schools and I would say, don't do drugs and show pictures of how many milligrams or grams of, you know, um, fentanyl can kill you, you know, like on, on the head of a pencil and stuff and, and try to scare kids to not, go down those roads. And then as I started getting more into the prevention space, um, I'm like, wow, there's just nothing inspiring in prevention. There's nothing in hope and love and inspiration to tell a group of kids don't do drugs or you'll die. It's like, I think they know that I really do. I, I think, I think every high school kid out there today, they know the things they shouldn't be doing. I mean, they've heard it since they were a kid. Don't do drugs. Don't steal. Don't lie. So for me to come into a high school and tell kids my story and try to scare them. I, I just, that wasn't for me. I mean, I just, there's lots of people out there that do it. Right. I support them. I love them, but it's not where I want to spend my, my attention and my, the rest of my life. And so empowered mental wellness became this new category that we, we feel at Brighton that we're industry leaders because there is no industry yet. <laughs> we kind of invented it. You have treatment and you have prevention, right? And, you know, treatment has failed. Uh, our youth and and it, it continues to fail our youth. And I mean, what I mean by that is we lead the world in teen antidepressants. Mm -hmm. That's, that's proof right there that what we're doing with treatment is not working. And if the numbers were getting better and we kids were saying in studies, Hey, 
I'm not having suicidal ideation. Hey, my relationships are healthier. Hey, I, right. I, I like uh, going to work. I mean, but they're not. And so, and then prevention's just too spooky and fear-based. And I'm like, there's gotta be another way. And so Brighton kind of came from that. The genesis of Brighton came from the ashes of treatment and prevention. And for us, it's all about every single thing we have in the app, whether it's in our videos or our community we're building, our culture is all based on love, hope, and inspiration. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think we need to have other options out there. Um, and you guys are living proof of that, what you do um, in, in your, you know, your, um, your processes and systems that you guys do, you're adding another arrow to the quiver for improving quality of life. Well, thank you for that. And you even look at like little kids when a little kid is having a tent bird tantrum, a toddler, and you embrace them and say, do you need a hug for me right now? Do you need love for me right now? They stop. Right. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of what you're doing on steroids. Yep. With Brighton. It's like, let's inspire you. Let's give you hope and let's show you love to make a difference here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's, it's all hands on deck. And, you know, I think the beauty of, you know, I'd say things like LinkedIn and social media for me is I'm able to meet people like you on a regular basis. I never would have met. And then to be able to collaborate on different levels, whether it's, you know, co-authoring a book or doing a seminar together or designing curriculum together, you know, it's all about trying to improve the lived experience for these young adults. And um, the sad thing is, and we talked about this when I was down with you guys in Florida was, you know, there's no question we're the most connected we've ever been as a, as a, as a, as a race we've, or a society. It's like, you know, the things we can get information wise and, and a way we can communicate with people, you know, even just zoom, I, I wasn't on zoom right. pre pre COVID. Right, right. I, I never, never, you know, they were very rare zoom meetings are now it's like you live right. and there's that community building. So, but at the same time, especially Gen Z and I would say pretty much adults as well. Um, they're the most disconnected with themselves. Absolutely. They look in the mirror they just see nothing looking back, but they have this abundance of everything else around them, but they're just so shallow. And, um, why, I mean, right. why we don't have to, we don't have to continue that narrative. We, we can, we can tell ourselves a new story, right? A false self of relationship, you know? Yeah, mm. I totally agree. And I think that the wired biohealth wellness consultants kind of experience that when they're working with that younger client who isn't able to articulate mm -hmm. some of those feelings. Yeah. Maybe they've got a parent with them alongside during the virtual call and the parents saying, wait a minute, no, like that does make a lot of sense. I do see you having this right. um, risk-taking behavior or you are really quick to snap. And these kids, they don't even see that in themselves yet. So there's this outer body functioning that's happening. And if you always have this void you're going to be looking outside of yourself to fill it. And right. unfortunately, the drugs are just kind of this parallel problem. You've got synthetic yeah. opiates that are very dangerous Easy. and they're deadly, but that's not that by itself isn't acting alone, right? There's somebody that's saying, I don't, I don't like the way I feel and I want to change it. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of the vehicles and a deadly vehicle that's changing. Um, and so I think that you guys have really both hit the nail on the head that there's just this generation of people saying, I want something, I need something, I don't know what it is, help me find it. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, and it's really the way that helps people. Yeah, and simultaneously, um, this aspect of us having to label and diagnose kids, it's like, right. you know, why not sit down with your 17-year-old that's going through a lot of challenges and just say, 
There's nothing to fix with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are going down the highway of life and you're, you're taking off ramps that aren't productive. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You know, every, you have everything inside of you to stay on, on that highway, that, that highway you're on. And what you guys do, what Brighton does, what anybody else out there is doing is providing those guardrails for you. I get annoyed when I see experts that think they can come in and fix kids. Like they, like there's a, like, like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just don't think there is. Um, and, and, and the medical profession would probably argue with me because prescriptions are ways to fix or exercise these demons that these kids have. And I don't think there's anything to exercise. If anything, I think we need to, someone kids got attention deficit disorder, invest in it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't try to stop it. Hell, I got it. And it's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Right. I've never taken a pill. It's like, and, and my dad was a doctor and he said, Jeff, you know what? You can take it out of a kid. You can never put it in a kid. Mm-hmm. And that resonated with me my whole life. And it's like all Adderall would do, all these pills would do Ritalin and Stratera. They would take it out of me. Right. And that's not me. I am attention deficit. I am intense. And that's what, I, that's what I want to be. And we don't tell our kids that today. We come in and say, you know what, Jacqueline, your, your grades aren't doing well. You know, you're having some issues with some relationships. Maybe there's something to fix. Right. And that answer is a pill. And, yeah. you know, and maybe for some people that is the right to go. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I know Dr. Higgins, you are, and I'm not. And, you know, you, you probably could certainly answer some of these questions that your listeners would have more than I can, but I have lived experience and that's worth some tuition, <laughs> you know, um, and, and being able to witness things is where wisdom comes from. And I think the combination us working together, we can certainly figure out ways to invest in these kids and empower them instead of trying to scare them to change behavior Absolutely. all the time. Absolutely. It goes back to what you said earlier, the, we, we created this, Yeah, you know, we are saying you're hyperactive. We are saying like, we're all doing a podcast this morning because we're all those people. Right? Yeah. And right? what's the baseline? Like, what? Yeah, Show me a normal kid. Like, okay, I'm going to work and I'm going to yeah. do this all day. We're like, no, that's I don't want to be the, I don't want to no, be the normal life. kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we need to tell our kids, why do you want to be the normal kid? You don't want to be that kid. And that's yeah, what society yeah. wants to do. They want right. to dumb everybody down, get us all normal and it's like, no, we need to take the kids that are abnormal in a good way right. and invest in that. Exactly. Find out and just double down their strengths. And if, they, if they're not really strong in some areas, uh, maybe get them into situations where they can learn to get better. I was never a good public speaker. I hated public speaking. Um, you know, I've, I've never, ever told this to anybody. But in college, I used to have a little thing of vodka in my car. And before uh, I had to go to speech class, I would take a shot of vodka out of the bottle. And my relationship with alcohol was when I got nervous, I would I would drink alcohol. And and now as I'm as I'm older, I realize it. But it got me through speech class. Right. And I right. wasn't drunk. I just needed that. I needed a shot of alcohol. Yeah. As they say, liquid courage. That's what we called right. it in right. the 80s. In the day. And so, yeah. And it's like, so. Anyway, I don't know why I got off on that. That's my beauty of attention. I go off on <laughs> but, stories but sometimes. But that superpower, Jeff, brings these interesting <laughs> conversations. Because right. if you go back, you know, if you're going to do the 40-year reunion with all the kids that check the box perfectly, it's like, wow, you're you're dull. Like, what have you Yeah, exactly. You know, because everything just needed to be this way. These other kids that have so much life in them, I'll call it, we just need to temper yeah. 
And we need to teach them of like, this is where you can put it. Find out what makes you feel like you're on fire, you know, yeah. and then go there. Yeah. Instead there of was a, um, ruling on yourself. Yeah. It's a friend of mine sent me a uh, meditation from Ram Das, and I can't remember. I think it's called like sitting around the fire and it's really, really good. It's like 15 minutes long and it's one of the best like meditation, uh, uh, sessions that I've ever been in. And the, at the end, he talks about when you look into the fire and the fire is kind of burning out, you see an ember and you pick that ember up and you blow on it and you keep blowing on it and it becomes hotter. And then you can put it back in and restart a fire. And I think to myself, that's what we got to do with our youth today. We got to find a way to take that ember in their heart yep. that's been snuffed out and blow on it and get them excited and tell them they're great. Tell them they're not they're not attention deficit. They're not PTSD. They're not depression. They're not, they are Evelyn. They are Jacqueline. They are Jeff. And we need to blow on that ember and, and fill them up with love and then get the hell out of their way. Just right. let them take over the world. Yeah. And I think we can do that. And, you know, I'm just trying to find people that feel that way and, and find ways to work together. And, um, you know, I'm still learning as I go. I, I, I don't, uh, think, I'm anywhere near to where I think I can keep learning and being curious on these topics, you know? Right. But that's the difference, Jeff. You acknowledge that, you know, the more it's the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. And yeah, talk, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. When you're talking to the people that know everything, like, whoa, <laughs> time out. <laughs> Cause this yeah. is the road I need to go down with you. I need to go down the road where people say, the more I know, the more I don't know. And I'm curious to find out what we can learn. Do you guys experience, and I, I tell you, my journey, you know, this whole thing started in 2016. So it's not, it's not like I've been on this spiritual journey for my whole life. It really started when Seth died, but do you guys see when I, I know I speak for Brighton, like when we, I, I reach out to young adults every day, I'm in conversations with them because they want to get involved in either our curriculum or helping promote or coaching or whatever. But it seems to me that there's this there's a massive number of young adults out there that if we can just crack that door for them, you know, get them excited about mental wellness and then kind of get out of the way and let them go. Yep. There's just, there's an army of Gen Zers out there uh, that, that can do absolutely phenomenal things, but they don't know it yet. They don't right. believe in themselves. Right. They, right. they're, they're beaten down by either their parents or by the school systems or whatever, yep. or the physicians that are telling them they're all messed up. Yep. Um, and it's like, you know, if that was working, I guess I'd sit back and say, Hey, the numbers are getting better and, and the deaths of despair are getting better, but it's not. And you guys know it. That's why you guys are so passionate and what you guys do. So, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be talking about this because, um, when you talk to the kids and you hear it from their mouths, it's, it's different than when you and I talk. Mm -hmm. we're coming at from a level that's got experience and wisdom and almost above them in a way, because we're, you know, like I tell my boys, I've been your age. You've never been mine. You right. know, I can relate to being 18. You can't relate to being 57. Right. right. So give me a little bit of break as a dad. <laughs> you know, I have a benefit because I can relate to your age. You guys have no idea what it's like to be our age. So I think that perspective can teach kids a little bit about uh, empathy when they're trying to talk to their parents and give us a break. Because, you know, um, that's one of the problems with these um, communication problems is that uh, there's not the mutual respect on both sides of the fence. And so 
and yeah. isn't communication and, um, everything? Yeah. Isn't relationship? It is. It is. Community and communication are everything. Everything. You, you can have the greatest life or the most horrible life with communication or lack thereof. And so many yeah. things could be not even become a thing if communication were part of everyone's level of respect. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the part that's been lost. Mm -hmm. And it makes- Because everyone thinks they're right. You know, everyone thinks they're right. Yeah. And, and they're coming in to fix everything. And the reality is sometimes there's nothing to be fixed. Right. And you don't have to be right. You just have to be attentive. Show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. more than that. That's just respect. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we overthink so much of this. Uh, yeah, I really do. We want. I, I look at all, I look at the things I do in my own life and, and they're low cost. They're really low time commitments. Um, things like meditation and just eating healthy and exercise. I mean, you, you don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars a year to do right. that. I was just going to say um, no copay, no deductible. Go right. Do, go do it. Right. Yeah. And you're self-assessing and you're autonomously learning and um, life is beautiful and enjoyable, but you know what? There are really bad moments and bearing a child. Um, I just can't, I can't. Uh, and here's how I trick my lizard brain. If you guys want to, some people always ask me, you know, how do you deal? It's like, I play games with myself all the time and sure. I lost one of my three sons. Um, but I know parents that have lost their only two. Steve Grant um, uh, lost his only two boys um, to fentanyl 10 years apart. This back before it was even a word actually. But it's like, so I think to myself, I still have two of my three left. I had, you know, 23 great years with Seth. What about that dad that lost a 15 year old? That's his only son. So I've been able to kind of not compare grief, but to be empathetic towards people that have it worse than me. I have it good. I really did. I had a great marriage. I had a great time with my wife. She's beautiful. Um, and I hang on to those memories, but it's extremely painful if I allow suffering to linger very long to the point where I think I told you guys when I saw you in Florida is the Christmas after my wife died, you know, I, I was three seconds from ending my life. Um, yeah. I had that gun to my head. Not figuratively, I did. And I counted down to 10. And I only share this. I'm not sharing this for people to reach out to me saying, oh, Jeff, I'm you know, happy you didn't do it. And it's like, no, okay, I, I accept that. But the lesson in the story is I took shortcuts in what I was doing to avoid moments like that. Mm -hmm. And I went from, as my as my middle son likes to say, Jeff, you went from living undeterred to living under a turd <laughs> in like seconds. And I did. And you know what? I can get right back to that abyss quickly if I allow myself to. And anybody yeah. watching this, anyone listening to this thinks they've got shit conquered. Sorry, I swore. Yeah. Thinks they yeah. have things conquered. You never conquer. You just keep conquering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think what you just shared is so impactful because doc, that's something you talk about all the time is like, where is your joy right now? If mm -hmm. you were at a four, how do you get to a five? Just get to a five. Just get to a Just five. Get to a five. And how can you do that today in this moment? I'm not looking for a yeah. 10. Get it to a five. Yeah. 4.1. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 4.2. 4.3. Point. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, and I'm happy you brought that up, Dr. Higgins, because with kids, I'm really happy you brought this up because I think you're really onto something there. 
if I design a five minute video, 10 minute video, and it's a great video on mental wellness for kids, and I put it on Brighton app, I'm not going to get one kid under 26 to watch it all the way through. Mm. Their attention span is too short. Mm. So if we can break down our missions, our passions into bite-sized chewable tasks for young adults, and we have 250 videos that are going to be on the app. Uh, they're all under a minute, wow. every single one. Some are 30 seconds. And I th it was designed with this TikTok mindset. If we're going to go to that yeah. generation right. and I'm coming from a 57 year old, you know, white male in Iowa, and I'm designing an app from that lens, it's going to be 10 minute videos. It's going to be charts and graphs. It's going to be, but if I talk to kids, what would you most be impacted by? They're going to say my peers, right? my peers, yeah. you know, and kids are not watching anything very long today. And it's got to be gamified. It's got to be animated. It's got to be fun. It's got to be credible, not clinical. Mm -hmm. um, there's all these really neat things I've been learning in speaking with young adults. It's like, they, they are the greatest generation. I think Gen Z will be the greatest generation in, in human history. I, I really, really believe that. But they don't believe it. No. And, and that's the that's the job, right? To get them to right. see their value and all they can offer. And and as you said, the guide the guide rails, just keep the guide rails there and just bring mm -hmm. this in. And it's gonna be literally because the starting point is better than mm -hmm. mine was from, you know, a 1960 kid. It was feelings. What does that mean? You know, so yeah. these, these these kids, their starting point is different. Let's just Give the little nuances like everybody needs to learn along the way. Yeah. They're not the same. And what's great, what's great about Wired Biohealth is that you guys add a new dimension through technology and research to be able to identify, uh, and I'll mess this up, but you can bail me out. I don't even know the terminology, but you can identify the thing or whatever that word is in a young adult that could help them head off problems in advance. And that's why we talk about at Brighton, we want to intervene prior to the intervention. And that's what you guys are doing is right. you're intervening before we have to have that intervention with the family and the psychologist and yeah. scare like, kids yeah. that they're going to yeah. die. You guys are heading that off before it happens. And so we just need more people that have that vision out there helping kids. And that's the whole purpose of what we do. It's that, that's right. That polymorphism science word, all it means is that there's an error in the coding. We all have an error in our coding somewhere. But if you identify it, life can mm. become easier. And shouldn't that be the purpose of what we're doing with science, of what we're doing with technology and bringing it to people to actually effectively change their life in a positive way? Nothing more than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's 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 complicated under the hood. Like yeah. You mentioned already, I think yeah. two words there. I didn't understand, right. yeah, it's, but, 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 but from a higher that. level, yeah, from a higher level, right. it's not that complicated. No. I mean, you're trying to die. You're trying to find, think of a car and, and you take it into the mechanic and mechanic says, well, you've got these issues in the car. Uh, you know, your warning light hasn't kicked on yet, but you have, you have some things you probably should, should be aware of as you're driving down the highway. And that's really what wired biohealth can do. And then that, that individual can take that information. They can double down on, on trying to figure out how to avoid those problems, or they could just kind of put it off to the side and say, well, I'll, at least I know now. Right. So when I'm starting to have these problems, right. 
I can go back and say, well, I was kind of warned or I was exposed that these are issues. There's no downside to that. I mean, someone tell me what the downside is. That's exactly like when I'm having a conversation with a kid, you know, any depending on the kid, 13, 14, 15, 16, maybe earlier in some cases. And I'm like, all right, so this is what we've seen. And, you know, your buddies are going to get to the age now where after school, they're going to say, hey, we got a great idea. We're all going to try this. We're going to do it together. Okay, I'm in. I want to be with my buddies. I'm going to do it. We've all done stupid stuff, as you said earlier, right? So what I explained to that kid is the next day when your buddies are like, no, man, I'm good. I don't need to do that again. You're like, no, I want to do that again. And that's how it's Mm. going to affect you. So I I want you to know that going into Mm. your game of life. Do what Mm -hmm. want with it, but I want you to know that. And if one day they're sitting there and they're like, the light bulb goes off, that's all we need. That's all we need instead of beat, 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 beat into submission. Like you said about the prevention stuff. What kid, I mean, you still listen. Like I remember the scrambled egg in the, in the frying pan, you know? Oh yeah. 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 This is your brain on drugs. That's how we (laughs) Right. But, but yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's, that's prevention. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need to do with the information. Yeah. And yeah. I love that you guys have talked about the little nuggets that Gen Z can tap into because doc, exactly what you said about what wired biohealth does as well as wired for addiction saying, here's your predisposition. Just so you know, we're happy to help right. you, but at the very yep. least be aware of it. And just like Jeff with the Brighton app that you're offering an accessible app on your phone, right. It's connected to everybody and saying here, here's less than a minute video, check it out. And they can really build on these modules to comprehensively support their mental health. I know you've got a portion of it that talks about financial wellness because that's yep. something that is typically ignored right. in households and how much of a stress does money become for people of all ages in reality? Um, so I just yeah. love that there's two different types of tools here that support mental wellness and prevention. You know, we want to intervene before the intervention. And I love that we have a partner and an ally in you and in Brighton to say, look, we know that there's a problem and we need innovative technologically driven solutions because it's not working. Right. And and as you said, Jeff, and I say this all the time, if what we were doing were working, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with either right. of you, right? right? But it is not. So we've right. got to do something differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, it's Jeff, tell not her- just not working. It's horrendous. It's it's yeah. horrendously not failing. working. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Jackie. Can, Sorry. How can our listeners download your your app? Yeah. So, um, we have, a. I mean, you're catching us at a good time because our MVP version launched in September and we're in, I think 12 countries as of last week. And I think we have like six or 700 thrivers on the app. We don't call them users, by the way. I, I don't like that word user. <laughs> um, so our kids are thrivers, um, but brighten your life is our website, but it's going to be completely resurrected here. Just literally as we're speaking, we have a brand new parent portal, a school portal. So it's a really exciting, uh, innovations on the website, the app itself that's out there. It's, um, Brighton wellness on the app store. So B R I G H T N wellness. It's free right now. I think at the uh, end of Q1 or the beginning of Q2, we're putting in a subscription model for those that want to go a little deeper. They want their experience to be a little more intimate. We're going to give those people that want to do that, the ability to very low cost. I think it's $6 a month or something like that. And then we also have a family and an annual plan. Um, But we also hired a new dev team in December and 
literally about a week, we're having a completely unbelievable jaw-dropping upgrades on the app. So if people download it right now, uh, and then they downloaded it or look, looked at it another week or two, it, it's going to look like a completely different uh, app out there. So what we have out there is good. Uh, as a CEO and founder, you know, I'm never satisfied. I think it's a little clunky. I think we can get better. The feedback we're getting from our thrivers is just phenomenal. And my dream is to make this work, make it uh, effective and impactful and, um, keep getting it a better experience for the, for the thrivers. Absolutely. Awesome. You're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. And like I said, this is just such a great partnership that we have. And I appreciate you coming on the show today, Jeff, because the conversations that happen on this podcast, I feel like are never really about that tough science that sometimes people might think right. we're going to get into. It's more about life. Yeah. Because about we're all experiencing it. We bring wisdom. We bring different uh, kind of nuggets. Points. Yeah. Yeah. That I think they are ideas worth sharing. Like on your TEDx, it's an idea worth sharing. Right. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we educate. So Jeff, thank you for the work that you do. We so appreciate your time, your talents being on the show today. And we look forward to being in touch. Thank you so much, Jeff, as always. It's always enlightening and, and invigorating. Well, so is your TEDx. Uh, I, before I went down to Florida, I watched it again. I'm like, wow. That, I remember when I first met you and I watched it and I thought wow, I'd certainly need to figure out a way to work with these, these people down there, uh, what you guys are doing. And then I watched it again. I'm like, there's always nuggets and things when you rewatch things. Like I'll watch this podcast after it launches and I'll say, okay, I remember what I said there or what you said. And then I'll try to Tell that in the next podcast. So yeah, keep doing what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, I like to think that you're just getting started and I'm just getting started and all the people watching us right now that are struggling, that are feeling lost. Um, there is hope. Um, just make it till tomorrow, you know, survive in advance, survive in advance. Um, and uh, there's always people like us out there to help. So yeah, I love it. And on that note, survive in advance. Listeners, if you guys have had something today that was totally mind-blowing and new, I encourage you check out what Jeff and his team are doing at Brighton. Also, if you're curious about kind of that biological piece that we touched on a little bit, head over to the website, wiredbiohealth.com. Get a free consult. It's virtual. We're able to help you from the comfort of your home, office, dorm, whatever the case may be. Right. And we're here to be a resource. You know, seven and a half billion people in the world, seven and a half billion different sets of DNA start treating people like they are uniquely as unique as they are. And that's what we do. Mm. I love it. Well Bye. said. I like that too. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you.